Oh, man. Well, good morning, everybody. Glad you're here today. God bless you. It's good to see everyone, and I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. It's going to be a great weekend of celebration, hopefully, for all of us. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 9. And we're going to, we're going to talk for a few minutes. And the hymn that we are doing today, as many of you know, we have been doing a year-long series on the hymns of the church, hymns for hope, help, and healing. And today we sang the hymn that we're going to focus on today, Like Jesus, Like a, like a Shepherd, Lead Us. And you have notes that are provided, but I want to tell you, you're going to get lost today if you follow the notes, because we're not going to really go by the notes today, if that's okay. <laughs> Let me tell you the, the, the madness behind this sometimes. On Wednesday, I've got to have the notes and everything done, and that puts a lot of pressure on me to, so we can go get them printed and, and, and have them for you. And most Sundays, I'm able to do that and follow the notes, and, and, and some Sundays, I don't. And today is a don't follow the notes Sunday. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm not worried about it. Although it does take a, a measure of faith to stand up in front of a couple hundred people and, and not really have any idea what you're going to do. So pray for me. Everybody, everybody stretch your hands towards Pastor Scott and say, help him, Lord, help him. But you guys, you guys know usually that when we go off script, that's usually a good thing. And so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk just for a couple minutes. Jesus, like a shepherd, lead us is the hymn. And you see in your notes, you do have uh, three of the verses of that beautiful hymn. I'd love to be able to tell you who wrote the hymn, but nobody knows. And this is a beautiful hymn that's been sung in the church for hundreds and hundreds of years, but nobody knows who wrote the hymn. That's kind of odd because most Sundays we go through, I go through the hymns and, and we, we, I give you the great history of it and who wrote it and what took place. And remember, most of the hymns of the church were written out of heartache, trouble, pain, struggles. And they were written for us so that we would have help, hope, and healing. But no one knows who wrote this hymn. And I think that's really good because who really gets the glory is not the author of the hymn who really gets the glory, is the great shepherd. So this hymn talks about how, as a good shepherd, God leads us. Now, I call him the great shepherd, because I think God is, is, is way better than just good. Amen? I call him the great shepherd. And what I want to talk to you today about is, is I'm going to take you to a story in the, in the New Testament and we're going to see how the great shepherd leads and guides us. We're going to see how the great shepherd, through the seasons of life, how as believers, as disciples, as Christians, we can follow the good shepherd, and he is great at what he does. He's not just a good shepherd, he's a great shepherd. We're going to see at the end of our time together, we're going to, we're going to reflect on the times and the moments when we recognize that the great shepherd has led us in our life. 
Think about it just for a few moments, whether you're 80 years old or, or 18 years old. If you are a disciple, God is the great shepherd, and he leads you, he guides you, you can trust in him, and we all are following the great shepherd, and he has brought us through many uh, trials and, and tribulations and times of sorrow, times of joy. If you look at Psalm 23, we're not going to go there uh, right now, but Psalm 23, I've taught you this. That, the, that psalm of the great shepherd is a psalm that teaches us that he leads us through seasons of life. There are still waters. There are green pastures. There is the valley. And you know, in the valley is the only time that the great shepherd says to us, I'm with you. Isn't that good? How many ever been through a valley? Tough times. Can't pay the bills, facing sickness, facing uncertainty, uh, unsure about what's going to take place on your job. And it's in the valley that the great shepherd says to you, I am with you. And what does he say? He says, fear not. Don't fear. Why? Because he's a good shepherd. He's going to lead us and he's going to guide us. So he takes us, the great shepherd, from still waters. He takes us to green pastures. He takes us in the valley. And then the last season is the season of victory where we sit at a table in the presence of our enemies. Isn't that good? And the enemies are not seated with you at the table because the enemies are at your feet. When you are victorious, watch this, and you follow the great shepherd, and he leads you to still waters, you follow him. He takes you to another season of green pastures, and you follow him. He takes you through the valley, and he says to you, don't fear, I'm with you, and you follow him. He brings you then to that place of victory, and that is the place where you are seated at the table, and then he says this over you, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of my life. That's a good shepherd, isn't it? So we're going to go to Acts chapter 9. You could turn there just for a moment. Let's go to Acts chapter 9, and I'm just going to talk to you just for a few minutes, and I'm going to tell you a wonderful story about two men and we're going to see how God, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, led them. And as they followed him, what the great shepherd was able to lead them to. And it's a wonderful story. And it's in Acts chapter 9. If you're with me this morning, let me hear an amen. Okay. I'm going to just tell you the story. But all of this is found in Acts chapter 9. And it's a fascinating story. There was a gentleman by the name of Saul who was a mean dude. The Bible says he was a murderer. This is what he would do. Watch this. Saul, would, Saul would, was a very intellectual, very smart man, and he was, he was bitter, and he was mad at the, at, at the Christians. And he would actually, history tells us, he would actually go into churches and drag people out of churches, and he would kill them. He had a very violent background, and he needed the great shepherd to, to, to do something in his life. He was mean. He was a murderer. Uh, you, could, you could throw all kinds of accusations at Saul, and Saul was on a mission to kill more Christians. Now watch this. He got permission from the leaders to go to a town called Damascus. Everyone say that word Damascus. Now that's an interesting city. And it's got an interesting meaning. And he was on the way to Damascus, and he was going to kill more Christians. 
Now, if you have your notes, you can write this down because you're going to want to write this down. Damascus, I'm going to give you the meaning of that city and why it plays into this beautiful story of God's grace and how God leads us as a wonderful shepherd. Damascus, that word there means silent weaver, fabric. Silent weaver is the meaning of Damascus. And Saul was on his way to Damascus, and he was going to kill some more Christians. Now, that word there, silent weaver, has an interesting, interesting meaning. It means silent weaver. Now, watch this. The great shepherd is a silent weaver in your life, in my life. Just like this is... Uh, Obviously, yarn, and I've got a needle, and then I've got the end product here, a beautiful blanket. And it's beautiful. And this is Ruthie's, by the way. Our, our finance director, Ruthie, uh, did this, and she is, does this on a regular basis. Damascus means silent weaver. And as you know, if you do this, it takes a lot of concentration. It takes, you're, you're very strategic you're very methodical, and you can take this yarn and this little needle here, and, and, and you can begin to weave, and you can begin to create, and after a while, the ball of yarn turns into something that is really, really beautiful, a blanket. Now watch this. In your life, God, the great shepherd, is silently weaving your life. And he is orchestrating every single detail just like a person who would, who would knit. They concentrate. They're very methodical. They're very strategic. And they're very careful. Just as God is weaving in your life and my life as the great shepherd, God was doing that in the life of Saul. And Saul didn't even know the great work that God was doing. How many of you have have ever knitted like this? Probably mostly the ladies, probably some men. I don't know. That, that's okay. Uh, it's, it's beautiful to see that after a few days, a few weeks, a few months, your work, your effort turns out to be something that is really, really beautiful. And Saul, the Bible says, was on his way to Damascus. God was getting ready to knit all the details of his life like the great shepherd, he was bringing Saul to a place where he could lead him into a new season of his life. The Bible says he was on the road to Damascus. And the Bible says suddenly. Everyone say suddenly. You know, that word is in the Bible an awful lot. I think it's in there for a reason. Do you realize that as God is weaving the details of your life, your life can change suddenly? It can happen really quick. It can be really, really bad. It can be really, really good. But sometimes life has a way of suddenly taking a, a change of course. And here you are like Saul. Saul was on the road to Damascus. He was on his way to kill some Christians. And God, the great shepherd, was behind the scenes weaving out his life. And Saul had no idea what was getting ready to take place. But God showed up suddenly. How many of you are here today and you've had God show up in your life at least one or two times in your life and it happened suddenly? You didn't get a warning? You didn't get a text message? 
Pastor Scott didn't get on the phone and, and, and call you and, and say, Pine Castle, God's getting ready to show up today and it's going to happen suddenly. No, life sometimes just happens. And your life can suddenly shift courses. And the great news is that when God shows up suddenly, you and I, like sheep, we need to be reminded that God is silently weaving every detail of our life for his glory. Saul gets knocked off his horse, the Bible says, and he's blind for three days. Couldn't see a thing. He had a conversation with God. God said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you killing people? What's going on? Why are you doing this? And Saul had a conversation with God, and he was blind for three days. And watch this. The great shepherd now begins to talk to Saul, and he says, Saul, I want you to go to a street, a home, and you're going to stay there, and I'm going to silently weave all the details of your life, and you're going to see in a few days that I'm at work in your life because I am a great shepherd. So he has that conversation with God. God says, you're not going to see for three days. You're not going to eat. It's going to be a tough three days. And he says, I'm going to send someone to you, and you're going to see that I am silently weaving every detail of your life. So Saul goes to Straight Street, and he waits. Now, let's stop right there. That's Saul. Let's talk about another person in the story in Acts chapter 9, and his name was Ananias. I like Ananias. The Bible says to Ananias that he, that, that, that he was a disciple. How many disciples do we have here today? Three of you. We have three disciples. How many disciples do we have here today? If you're a disciple, lift your hand. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9 that Ananias was a disciple. Do you realize that sometimes as disciples that we are going to be asked to do things that we don't want to do? How many has ever had God ask you to do something and you didn't want to do it? You see... Disciples do things even when they don't want to do what God has asked them to do. And God said to Ananias, I mean, Ananias was minding his own business. He was just being a good follower and a good disciple. And God showed up and said, Ananias, I want you to go to Damascus. And I want you to meet this guy named Saul. And I want you to go to Saul, and I want you to pray for him. And Ananias' first reaction was, I don't want to do that. How many ever had that same reaction? God, haven't you heard about Saul? This guy's got a bad rap sheet. Haven't you been on the internet and see all the stories about what this guy is doing, and you want me to go pray for him? I'm scared to death. I've never done this before. I don't want to do it. And he had a little argument with God. And God finally got the last laugh, didn't he? He said, Ananias, I want you to go to Straight Street, and I want you to lay hands on Saul because I'm a great shepherd, and I'm weaving every detail of your life, and I want you to live a life of obedience. And so the Bible says that Ananias, oh, by the way, you'll like this. Ananias, his, his name means God has graciously given God has graciously given. You know what Ananias could have done? He could have gone to Straight Street and encountered Saul, and he could have judged him. He could have been critical of him. He could have chewed him out. 
He could have written him the riot act and said, why are you killing people? And I can't believe you're doing that. And, and you shouldn't be killing people and, and, just, and just coming off on him. But the Bible says, watch this, that Ananias had a, a gift called grace. And when he laid hands on Saul, watch this, he was extending the grace of God to Saul. God was silently weaving not only in Saul's life, but in Ananias' life. And he was working out every single detail. And all God said to Ananias was, all I want you to do is I want you to go and I want you to lay hands on him and pray for him. What was he doing? He was extending the grace of God to Saul. And I'm glad that Ananias was obedient. No fanfare, no cameras, no press. He just walked into that beautiful room on Straight Street, laid his hands on Saul's head, and the Bible says instantly, Saul, the scales fell from Saul's eyes, and Saul began to see. And then the Bible says, watch this, that in a few days, the first thing he did is he ate. How many know that after three days you're going to eat, right? I mean, you're going to be hungry. He ate, he fellowshiped with the disciples, and then he went throughout the countryside preaching about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 9 that people were baffled and astonished at what had taken place. Saul, the murderer with the rap sheet, turned into a messenger of God's grace, and God the great shepherd was silently weaving all the details together in Saul's life and in Ananias' life to demonstrate the beautiful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the story of Saul on the road to Damascus. God is a great shepherd, and he's weaving in your life every single detail for his glory. And in this beautiful story, Saul was an instrument of grace, and Ananias was an instrument of grace, and they obeyed. And God received all the glory. Can I get an amen? Go to, in your Bibles, just for a few moments. Bruce, you can come up with the keyboard. and, and, and uh, go, go to 2 Peter, chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1. And Tammy, could you hand me my, my glasses? Are my glasses down there? I need grace for glasses. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Second, I thought I had, had them in my jacket, and, and uh, someone stole my glasses. Go to Second Peter, chapter, chapter 1, and I want you to go to verse 2. How many are grateful that the great shepherd is weaving all the details in our life for his glory and his honor? I want to talk to you just for a few moments about grace. Second, Second Peter, uh, ch chapter 1. And verse 2. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. amen. Watch this. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone say grace. It says grace and peace be yours in abundance. You know what I like about Ananias? He was full of grace. He was full of peace. And the writer here says that when you have full knowledge of who Jesus is, 
you will be not only filled with grace, but you'll be filled with peace. You show me someone who knows God, and I'll show you someone who is full of grace and full of peace. How many of you would like to have a little bit more peace in your life? How many know 2020 has been a year of a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, but aren't you comforted to know that the great shepherd is silently weaving all the details of your life so that God can get glory? And the writer here says, when you operate in grace, you will also operate in peace. And that grace and peace is going to be in abundance. When you get to know who God is, God will fill you with grace and God will fill you with peace as you follow the great shepherd. Can I get an amen? Go to Hebrews, one other scripture, Hebrews. Uh, you're there in Peter. Go left to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. I'm glad Ananias didn't chew Saul out. I'm glad that Ananias just obeyed God and did what God told him to do. He didn't rebuke him. He didn't correct him. He demonstrated the grace of God to Saul, and he obeyed. Look in Hebrews chapter, chapter 12 and verse 14. I love this. It says, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. I love that. For, for without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God that will cause bitter roots to grow up and cause trouble and defile many. You know why the writer here says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God? Because we miss the grace of God. And Ananias was filled with grace. And as God was silently weaving his life, all he said is, I want you to operate in grace. I want you to operate in mercy. And I want you to extend the grace of God to Saul. Because as I'm working in your life and weaving out all the details, I'm also doing that in Saul's life. Because we have a great shepherd who is daily weaving a beautiful blanket of our lives for his glory. Now watch this. How many know Thanksgiving is coming up in a, in a, in a few days? going to be great, isn't it? You know that there's going to be family members. There's going to be relatives. Uh, uh, people are going to come from all over, and we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And I think God has given us this message today because he wants us, like Ananias, to operate in grace. How many know that sometimes when the relatives all get together, uh, that can be pretty painful experience? Am I the only one? I mean, you got uncles and aunts and all these personalities, and some of them you haven't seen in years, and, and we're all coming together, and we're going to be in a house together. And I think the reason God is, has given us this message today is he wants us to be like Ananias. God has graciously given, and he wants you and he wants me to operate in grace. Because when you operate in grace, the Bible says you also walk in peace. And I don't know about you, but I need a little bit more peace in my life. And if I'm going to walk in peace, I've got to also walk in grace.
Be like Ananias. Be a, a giver of God's grace and extend grace to people. Because when you do that, the benefit is that you walk in peace. And know today that the great shepherd is silently weaving every detail of your life, just like he did with Saul, just like he did with Ananias. He's working out every single detail for his glory. Rest that God is at work in your life today. In Jesus' name. Would you stand up across the auditorium? Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. Grace, grace, God. One more time, grace, 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 God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within, grace, grace, God's grace. your hearts with me. Let's pray just for a moment. Father, thank you that you are a great shepherd. And like a savior, like a shepherd, you, you lead us, you guide us, you, pro, you protect us. God, thank you for caring so much for us that you work out every single detail and we can trust in you today. Details that we don't understand, details that we don't like, circumstances that we're not comfortable with, you're at work in our lives, weaving a beautiful tapestry for your glory. Would you help us today to trust you? That as you walk us through the green pastures, you walk us through still waters, even in the valley, you promised that you would be with us. I pray today that as disciples, that we would trust that you are at work in our lives. And God, I pray that our obedience in our lives will be a testament of your goodness and you would receive all the glory today. God, we trust you. And we're going to follow you. Even when you ask us to do things we don't want to do, God, we're going to follow you because we trust you and we love you today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Now listen. You're going to have an opportunity this week to walk in grace, to walk in mercy, not to be judgmental, not to be critical. How many know that, that, that the United States right now has just still a lot of tension, a lot of things going on? I want to be like Ananias. I don't want to come into a situation and, and judge and be critical and be mean and point out everyone's faults. I want to be like Ananias. I want to walk into a situation and I want to be filled with grace and mercy. When you do that, you'll not only walk in grace, but you'll walk in peace and your life will be better 
people will see the grace of God on your life and we'll be able to extend the grace not only in our city but our country and throughout the world because God is an amazing shepherd. He's at work in our life and your life as well. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May you follow the good shepherd today as he leads and guides you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week. Go and send no more. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Good, Scott.